Salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. And on a Monday, a beautiful, gorgeous, and warm Monday uh, in the month of June, in which we want to kick it off by uh, reminding everybody to take knowledge seriously and go to arcview.org and sign up. Okay, on a day in which, as you can see here, I misplaced my turban this morning and my cap and everything and came here without anything. So here we go. We're going to go without anything today. But uh, I want to kick it off. Of course, Monday we always talk about the Prophet But just to get stuff, certain things out of the way. Um, Professor Dr. Zarina Grewal, whom I know from Connecticut days, lived there, had dinner at her house. We, we were a small group of people. We all, everyone was friendly. Um, she noted about Yasser Qadi's talk, the pitfalls of Muslims aligning with the progressive left. She says, I don't make prescriptive religious arguments, fatawa, out of respect for the ulama. Good. I don't either. I don't give fatawa either. She says, yes, Al-Qadi, though, and at all, meaning all his imams, I guess, have zero respect for political expertise to make this argument, which is that the pitfalls of allying with the progressive left. All right, good. So what do I have to say about that? She's saying, basically, I, I don't give fatawa, you stay out of politics. Sounds fair in the on its face, but let me tell you why it's not a problem. It is a problem. Because a religious community, their political agenda has to be both grounded in worldly pragmatics and the religion. Am I right or wrong? Right? It is a religious group. Their agenda, their political agenda has to be aligned with both the religion and... The real world. So this is why I said, in response, truth is, if you want a cohesive political agenda for a religious community, it has to align with both the religion and the world. So he does have the right to say what does and doesn't align with the Sharia. I don't see a problem in all this. So does it make sense to me? Uh, To you, Habib? Right? It makes sense, right? Like, I cannot give political advice to an athlete. This is how you're going to navigate this politics and sports intersect all the time, right? Like the kneeling part, right? In the NFL, the kneeling was political. So if I'm going to give advice to an athlete about that or to a team or to an owner, I have to give him advice that actually that doesn't harm his, his team either, his sport. You're going to go give political advice to the NFL. That advice cannot harm the actual NFL. Okay? The purpose of the NFL is to provide good football into living rooms. That's the job of the NFL. Provide awesome games in living rooms. Well, that's not even a great example because Islam is not a service to other humans only. We're, we have a creator. So it's more better off to be an example of when you owe, when you have when you owe a loyalty to somebody, and we owe a loyalty 
our iman is a loyalty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, forget analogies aside, because we're not going to give analogy about our, our status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that's the idea. So I, I don't see anything wrong, nor does he have to be a political expert to be able to say, oh, there's no voice. There is voice. Yeah, I see the thing moving. Nur 74 is saying the voice is not coming in. No, it's coming in. Okay. Voice is fine, right? Uh, someone tell me on the stream that voice is fine. Okay, they can hear it. Good. So, uh, Nora 74 may have been on mute. So, that's the point. So, if, do, do I need, if I need to know what that a political party is all about, and they're all about, let's say, as we know, let's just give an example in India. This political party involves the support of supporting Israel, and it involves, uh, they spend a lot of their time and money aggrandizing, you know, uh, different priests in the Hindu religion. All right, that is on the agenda. How then, as, as an imam, I could say, wait a second, we, we can't be in with that. That part we can't be in. I don't know about the other stuff. That's happening on the ground. I'm not dumb, but it's not my everyday thing. I could learn it if I wanted to, but it's not my everyday thing. So, but I definitely can tell you, this is unlawful. To, to support that, to be part of those marches, to celebrate that aspect, to wave that flag, is unlawful in this religion. Simple, simple as that. I don't need to be an expert in this, in anything else. But that's all I'm saying, right? So I, uh, that's, it's a very secular mindset to say, you do religion. Let me learn how to purify my najasa from you. That's all you can talk about. Uh, tell stories. Teach us how to purify our najasa from the bathroom. That's you guys. That's what they're saying. And then us, we'll figure out the political. No, I don't, that doesn't work like that. Islam doesn't work like that. Because political is action. Action has rulings from Allah. We don't really separate between the two in a clear-cut separation. There could be a separation in uh, expertise, no problem. So that's the idea here. And that's why uh, I wanted to start off and kick off with that. It was a busy weekend. And yes, Al-Qadi getting piled on is the highlight of last night and this morning. And he also got piled on for another reason. He used the word woke pejoratively. Okay. Meaning demeaning, like it's a bad thing. And somebody, well, isn't that the way that the origin of the word woke was somebody who has sensitivities towards racism? Apparently that's what was a good thing in the past. But you use a word on how it's used now. I'm going to go into his, the history of it, right? <laughs> what difference does it make to how it started 20, 30 years ago? So it's like, no, the word woke stands for a lot more than merely sensitivity towards race. Okay? I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's what it is. It's not just about uh, race at this point in time. And just look around, wake up, look around, look how everyone uses the word. So what, okay, find another word then. Progressives, blue-haired, M&Ms, whatever these people are, Smurfs. All right, blue-haired, whatever you want to call them, okay? So, I mean, this is... Uh, now, another thing that I want to, to talk about. I don't know who this guy is, 
but I totally agree with him. Who is this guy? I have no clue what this... There is a guy out there, released a video. Okay. He basically brought the point out. He said, all of what the world is doing and why it's so coordinated, the, the trans and LGBT support is so perfectly coordinated and so on point from the highest levels up. There's no way you're selling me that this is an organic worldwide movement. There's no way it's worldwide. The White House is in it. The State Department is in it. The Vice President is involved. Every company's involved. They're going to Africa to, to, and to, throughout the world to peddle this thing. There's only one real explanation. It's from the highest level of population control operation. Think about the math. Right? If you can spread a movement where people sterilize themselves, and if they don't sterilize themselves, they spill their seed where it doesn't benefit, or they never put seed inside their womb, their stomachs at all, you will have a stagnation of the population. And isn't that what globalists have wanted from day one? They've been, been reading about this from the 90s they wanted this. From the 90s when this was crackpot, cuckoo talk. But I was into that stuff. I was, I'm secretly still into that stuff, right? But I actually believe they're probably more on point than anyone else, right? You see, like, Men in Black, what it's all about. You see Men in Black? Yeah. Okay, where the the crazy newspapers is the actual truth, right? <laughs> but it is true. I do believe that there are people, there are loosely oriented groups at the top who want population control and those guys at the top are ridiculously powerful. We don't understand. Things haven't really changed too much where in the, in the disparity of power. And I think the world will always generally maybe be like this, especially with tech, technology. I think it makes it worse. It doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. But because when you tell me that there is a guy out there who owns 250 news stations, and you're telling me that we have a democracy of power, Right. Just because you go in and vote? Are you serious? You are uh, believing in that, right? You got a guy. There are individuals. There are companies that own hundreds of local news stations. And they take the story and they will then basically clip that story. And they will show you how hundreds of news stations are reciting the same story. And you think that. We're in like a democracy of ideas. No, we're not. You got people who have amounts of wealth and power that can, with their decision, if they put their mind to something, they can sway the minds of millions, if not tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people by simple, just persuasive methods. Let it rain the same news story repeated over and 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 over. Okay, get the the pop stars to support it. Get these people to support it. Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, and let people imagine that they came up with this idea themselves, right? Let people imagine that that it's their idea. So we're not living like that, and we're living in a world where it's very plausible that this whole thing is a population control operation. Um. That, that to me is the best, um, it's the best analysis, okay? That is the best analysis of the whole thing, okay? Okay. 
Well, listen to this. Listen to the Huffington Post. The Huffington Post has a reverse um, view of it. They are essential. Komalut is essential to the harmony of society because it is the natural method of population control. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, my goodness. Let's talk about spinning something inside out. Okay. That's insane. All right. Let's get to our business today. Okay. Let us get to our business. And our business today is the seerah of the messenger. We read something from the prophet, peace be upon him, every Monday. So let's dwell into that or delve into that, I should say. Now, Sirat ibn Hisham, and this is part of something that I'm working on, which is um, going to take a while because I don't have a lot of time to write, to be honest with you, but I have to make time. A Sira book, my first Sira book. That's what I want to call it, my first Sira book. It could be for kids, it could be for adults, right? But it could be like for, I would say, high school, middle school, upwards. Simple language, probably 20% of it will be geared concepts that will go over the head of youth, but adults can grasp it like that. Well, um, let's just see what the first thing that he begins with, Ibn Hisham. And he begins with the story, the Nasib of the Prophet wasallam, and then the Ru'ya of Rabia Ibn Nadr. Okay. The backstory, the context of the seerah is oftentimes ignored. Okay. It's they're, they're, it's ignored, but it's important. وَكَانَ رَبِيعَةُ بْنُ النَّضْرِ مَلِكِ الْيَمَنِ بَيْنَ أَضْعَافِ مُلُوكِ التَّبَابِعَ He was the king of Yemen. فَرَأَى رُؤْيَا هَالَتْهُ وَفَضِعَ بِهَا He saw a dream that startled him. فَلَمْ يَدَعَ كَاهِنًا وَلَا سَاحِرًا وَلَا عَائِفًا وَلَا مُنَجِّمًا مِنْ أَهْلِ مَمْلَكَتِهِ إِلَّا جَمْعَهُ إِلَيْهِ There was no or, law and order or guidance on dream interpretation back then. He sees an amazing dream. He doesn't know what to do. This is why prophecy is so... We are so lucky we have prophethood. We would be so lost without Nubuwa. Okay? We will be so lost without any concept of Nubuwa. Prophethood. And without the teachings. He saw a, a, an important dream. So he got the sorcerers, the medicine, anyone weird, basically. All the alternative people. Okay? And all, anyone who's into this, uh, this stuff. And why do I say weird? Because you can't prove anything. A rational person, give me something I can prove. Spirituality for rational people is provable through Nabuwa, through prophethood. Okay. And the Prophet ﷺ never lived the way the magicians and these types of people lived. They never lived like that, right? They lived uh, with the people, with families, upright, healthy. you never seen one of these medicine men physically fit, right? There's always something wrong with them. you never seen one of these odd types in society except that they're, they're slightly off. Something about them's off. And that's one of the major difference between charlatans and prophets, Prophets come, they live upright, live with the people, okay? they look normal, their body is normal, they have families, they're in society, they do jobs, they buy and sell, so they're not like these sorcerers or anything like that. 
So he gets all of them. I've seen a dream and a vision. Okay. I've seen a, a dream and a vision and I, I need your advice. Interpret it for me. Tell us and we'll tell you. By the way, human beings, while Allah the, 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 the revelation may have been cut from them, nonetheless, the mercy of Allah is there. And there are people uh, receiving help from angels. If not for them personally, it's still Allah has rahmah. I don't ever buy into the idea that human beings were like Neanderthals and grunting and and just like living this miserable, decadent, this miserable life. No, Allah has always been there for people. From the start of Adam, السلام, he didn't leave him alone. There was Jibreel giving Sayyidina Adam a, a, a help, coming in human form, helping Adam. So don't ever buy into and believe in that concept that only now like we have technology and we're able we've evolved to be able to be help ourselves and before this human beings were in misery no people were not in misery uh the way that you know it's it's sometimes portrayed people were always receiving divine help and it divine help does not mean that allah is pleased with everything they're upon but allah has mercy okay allah is very merciful and people really sometimes don't realize how merciful that allah is even with somebody who is a non-believer does not uh, do not non-believers also have um you know uh, th- they invent things to improve their life does not allah ta'ala himself move the world through humans and people say oh this next generation no good is ever going to come from them no good will come to them i guarantee you the reason is that allah wills good for the world and if allah wills to bring things out he's going to bring it out through these people steve jobs was one of the biggest bums that you'd ever seen rude Mental case. Horrific human being. But Allah nonetheless, he, he put himself in a position where Allah inspired him or he received, I'm not going to say Allah inspired him because it sounds like almost spiritual or religious, but he received the inspiration to, do, to fulfill God's will. That is Allah's will. All this technology is Allah's will. It doesn't mean that that is where the rida of Allah is. The, the, the will and the contentment of Allah is different. You come to Allah and say, oh Allah, I invented a phone. And Yom Al-Qiyamah, this means nothing, right? So the contentment, the pleasure of Allah and the will of Allah are two different things. And the will of Allah is always running through people. Okay? So for the, for, for the advancement of his, his plan on the earth. Anyway, let's get back to this. So there was always ways to find out what the dream meant back in the days, but it was, it was still not the way we have it now with crispness, efficiency, reason, rationality. Uh, evidence, and then it's widespread. For them, it was few and far between. Okay. So he said here, okay, none of us is going to know better than Satih and Shik. So get Satih and Shik. These are two people. They will tell you what you ask about. Satih came first, then Shik. I saw a dream that scared me and shocked me. 
inform me about its interpretation. فَإِنَّكَ إِنْ أَصَبْتَهَا أَصَبْتَ تَأْوِيلَهَا Okay. Okay. If you understand, if you know it, you'll know its meaning. So the, the, the first group said, go to the interpreters. They would tell you what the dream is first. Then they'll tell you the meaning. So he brings the person and says, this first person, and he says, tell me what the dream is first. You should know what I dreamt. Okay? You should know what the dream is first. And if you do, then I know you'll know the meaning. Okay? So I don't know how they would know, but these are all dealing with the jinn, these people. Okay? And who knows? So he says, I will do it. You saw, ra'ayta, humama, kharajat min zulma, fawaqat bi ardi tahima, fa'akalat minha kulla dhati jumjuma. Okay? You saw a flame. Qitta min al-nar. Okay? Qitta min al-nar. Came out of a dark space. And fell into a low land, a low land, and ate everything in it. Okay? It, it ate up everything in it. It burned everything. So that's what he was scared of. That, that's why he was scared. قال, okay, الملك, ما أخطأت منها شيء. شيء. You didn't make one mistake. 100% perfect. Okay? Hundred percent perfect. فَمَا عِنْدَكَ فِي تَأْوِيلِهَا So what is your interpretation? قَالَ Okay, this man, سَطِيح أَحْلِفُ بِمَا بَيْنَ الْحَرَّتَيْنِ مِنَ الْحَنَشِنِ I swear by something, I don't know what. لَتَهْبِطَنَّ أَرْضُكُمْ الْحَبَشُ فَلَا يُمَلِّكُنَّ مَا بَيْنَ uh, he said the interpretation is as follows. The Ethiopians will land in this country and take it all over. The fire is the Ethiopians. And fire tends to be, in the dream, a negative, right? In all human experience, if it's out of control, it's negative. What did Firaun see? Firaun saw a flame, a fireball coming from Palestine landing in Egypt, burning it all. They told him, a boy from the Hebrews has been born in your country and he's going to take it over. He is going to be the end of Egypt, this boy. Right? In that case, it's good because Egypt was a uh, oppressive and corrupt land. So here, this king, okay, Rabia ibn Nadr, he saw that the Habashi is going to come. And conquer Yemen. East Africa used to be, they used to be the power in that low, in that area. Egypt, the power up north. And what's now Ethiopia, props to you, Noah, okay, and his people, were the power of the south. Okay. By your father, yes, Atihu. In هذا لغائض موجة. This hurts. فمتى هو كائن أو في زماني هذا أم بعده. He said, now that we know the interpretation, now tell me, when is this going to happen? 
Now or later on? After your time? By a long time. I wonder why he said that. This is after 60, 70 years. It'll happen. Okay, how did he know that? We'll see. Will their rule last or will it be over soon? Okay. It's not going to last. Less than um, they're not going to last more than 70 years. Then they're going to be fought and they're going to be expelled. Who is going to kill them? Who's going to fight them? Iram, son of Yazan, is going to come from Adan and fight them all. Will his rule last? Iram. Bala, yanqata. No, it's going to be cut off. And who's going to cut it off, he said? Nabiyun Zaki, he says. A prophet will cut, will end the rule of this people. Yatihil wahyu min al ali. He will receive revelation from on high. Wamimman hadha nabi. From whom will this prophet come out of, he says? A boy from the children of Ghalib ibn Fihr ibn Malik ibn Nadr yakunu al-Maliku fi qawmihi ila akhir al-dahr He will be the king of this people until the end of time. That means he's not going to be a temporary monarch. He will rule to the end of time and that's how it is. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rules meaning that there is no person honored in the ummah we don't take our marching orders in this ummah from anyone but Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, meaning his sharia, meaning that whenever Muslims do, such as we have socialists and we have capitalists and we have people um, who are camelists uh, and we have all those people, they come and go. You don't have to bother. They, they do temporary damage, but they come and go. Okay. min akhir? He says, does... He's, you said, from now until the end of time, is there an end of time? He says, yes. So maybe this mystic was learning a little bit from the Jews, a little bit from the Christians, a little bit from the, you know, so he came to know information. Okay. Aqeer Muhammad has joined. Qala na'am. Yawma yujma'u awwaluna wal akhirun. There is a day of judgment. Everyone will be gathered, resurrected. The good will be happy. The evil will be miserable. Is this really true? What you're saying? He says, now. I have not told you anything except the truth. So that was Satih. Next comes Shik. This is an awesome opening chapter for the book, right? I mean, who doesn't like... See all these like uh, Disney stories where there's a, a wizard and he tells of the old prophecy. That's actually the truth, right? They got those ideas from the truth, right? How do they, how do they connect this 
legends written in poetry. Like they probably wrote it in poetry, then another person wrote it in poetry. So it became like Mutsuata sort of that this happened. I know, it's far back. Yeah. I mean, it's not as far back as, let's say, Jesus and Moses. And they had that. Now Sheikh comes. And he asks him. What happened? He said, I had a, a dream that was so dramatic. If, you, if it's real, you would know it. Sorcerers would know it. These dreams are like reflections of almost like, What's in the law? It's like what's in the law and mafuz. So if these people are in it for the on the unseen and all that, you should. This is big news, okay? That this has been ordained in the heavens. You should know it. And back then we know that as Surah Al Jinn says and the Quran says, the Jinn used to go up to the heavens, listen, to see what new will has been ordained or what new creation is about to come into creation. Then they go tell people. That, that's what the Quran tells us. And that's cut off now. That's why there's the world of wizards and sorcerers and all that's done with. It's finished. Because Allah tells us in the Quran, it's been, it, the, these um, jinn are no longer allowed. There's a security system now. They're no longer allowed to go listen to, to what's happening. Shaq tells him the exact same thing. He didn't tell him what Satih says, and Shik ends up saying the same exact thing. He says, I know what you saw. He knows what he saw because these mystics saw the same thing. Listen, if you if if you're in the stock market, right? And you're fully in the stock market, right? The experts in a field will know the update of that field, right? They'll know what's coming, right? They'll know uh, what they're both observing. Same idea here, okay? No matter what subject you're in, your colleagues, your peers will pretty much all see things the same way, okay? Every soul has been taken by this fire that came in and took it. All of Yemen. They both said the same thing. Okay, so this is Tawarat al Ru'a. There is the word Tawarat in the hadith. There's Tawatarat and Tawarat, meaning, and this happened to the Prophet وسلم, uh, that he asked the Sahaba what dreams they had, and then each person, different people said, I saw that yesterday was the al Qadr. I saw that yesterday was it. I saw that yesterday was it. Thing like that. Tawarat al the Prophet said. When one person has multiple dreams are on the same subject, or many different people have same similar dream, or the same exact dream, um, then it's very strong evidence of the truth. Yeah, because you can't, um, if a dream is just your thoughts, okay, how could another person see the same dream? Right, so he he the, the, he then found that they both agreed, okay, and that wahid, their statement is one, except Satih had added an extra. He said that nasima. So they they just separated in the language that they used, but the meaning was the same. The king said, "Shik." 
you're you haven't made a single mistake. What do you think of its interpretation? He said, "I swear to ahlifu bima bain al harratayn min min insanin la anzilan ardakum al Sudan." The Sudanese will come. Close East Africa, Sudan, Ethiopia. In other words, you will be invaded from East Africa, and then they were come. Um, فَلِيَغْلُبَنَّ عَلَى كُلِّ طَفْلَةِ الْبَنَانِ وَلَيُمَكْلُكُنَّ مَا بَيْنَ أَبْيَنَ إِلَى نَجْرَانِ They will conquer all of Yemen. Okay. He says, what about, he says, this is hurtful. Is this, this is scary. Is this in my lifetime or after? He said, no, after your lifetime by a long time. Okay. Then you will be saved by a man from Yemen. Will rise up and save you from all, and save Yemen from this. Okay. Okay. And then he said, Was would that person's sultan rule last forever? He says, No. It will be cut off by a prophet and a messenger that will come with the truth. That's the why this is in the Sira book. Because the dream of Rabia ibn Nadr leads to their conclusion that tell, they're telling him a prophet is coming and he will establish justice and he will have a deen of virtue. He will be the king of his people until the day of resurrection. And he says, and what is the day of resurrection? He says, every person will be resurrected and get the good that they earned in this world or be punished for the bad that they earned. Okay. He says, is this truly the truth? He says, yes. Okay. By the Lord of the heavens, it's the truth. And the earth, it's the truth. فَوَقَعَ فِي نَفْسِ رَبِيعَ مَا قَالَ Rabi'a became extremely moved by all this. Othman is asking, where's my hat? I misplaced my turban and my cap. I have to find it tomorrow, tonight, today, inshallah. I came here and I looked in the trunk and it wasn't there. فَجَهَّزَ بَيْتَهُ وَأَهْلَ بَيْتِهِ إِلَى الْعِرَاقِ He said, I'm leaving Yemen. I don't want any part of this, even if it's after 60 years. Okay. He wrote to one of the Persian kings named Sabur. He said, I'm coming to your country. Make me a place to live. Just like all the Pakistani presidents end up moving to like Jeddah or the Emirates, right? Hey, uh, I, I tapped, I got to tap out. I'll take my millions and, and hit the road, live in Jeddah, send my kids to Swiss schools, right? Let me tap out. Made my money. <laughs> That's what every other Pakistani president ends up doing, right? No, the Egyptians don't do that. They just wait till they die. They just sit president until they die. That's the difference. It's the only difference. We have our people are uh, more docile than the Pakistani people. At least you kick out the guy. Anyway, that is that's the first story in the Sirah of Ibn Hisham. All right, that's the first story. The the and he lived. I wonder though. Um. I wonder if the um, his offspring ended up entering Islam. I gotta look that up if they entered Islam. So over 150 years, yeah, 150 years. That's 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 what it is. Like like right now in the world right now, 
is there not a, a talk in the world like it's it's mainstream talk okay it's mainstream talk right to say we're in the end of times is not mainstream talk is it mainstream talk saying america it's like killing itself it's destroying itself it's not going to be when when we're grandparents we will have to tell our grandkids america used to be the top country in the world you walk around with american passport you are it's still going to be strong country right but there's going to be china there's going to be maybe russia african nations are going to rise up because their population in comparison to the rest of the world is going up and always that high population produces a big economy it's usually how it is so let's wrap the so that's it for today in terms of what we're doing now we because we didn't do much q a last week at all and that's what we're going to do today we're going to do a lot of q a okay we're doing a lot of q a today all right So let's now turn to everybody here with the Q&A live chat. What is the chat over all about the hat today? Dean Adi says he really loves reading the books out loud because otherwise they may struggle with the meaning. That's the job of this live stream is that to take the person who would not generally have access to these kind of books and read a little bit from this book, a little bit from that book. So you get an idea of what our tradition and our Dean says. Our goal is, um, <clears throat> our goal was, is to take the person who's at zero and take them to intermediate. Even people who are at intermediate may have not even known the story that there was this vision of Rabia Ibn al-Nadr, right? Question here says, how was the event? Sheikh Yasir Fahmi, it was amazing. He is setting up you know, our spot in the north, to be honest with you. In North Jersey, that's our that's our home. What he's setting up there. There is, inshallah, a, a, a retreat center. There is a Thursday night, or, or a retreat site, basically, that they're trying to get. There is a, um, uh, whatchamacallit. They, they do things every Thursday. It's called P- Prophetic Living. Check it out. Okay. Khadija Asif asked a very good question. How do we develop good intuition and how do we know whether or not we can follow it? So this is a really good question. And the gut, the intuition of a person is more and more, Sheikh Harun has joined, by the way. It is the, the intuition of a person is, is better the more they contradict their nafs. The more you find yourself indulging, the more dull your intuition becomes. And when we say indulging versus contradicting in the nafs, it means contradicting the nafs in what pleases Allah. So there's no value, and, and, and there is maybe value as practice, but let's say I really want to drink the rest of this coffee, I'm going to contradict my nafs and not drink it. That's not really where the main value is. The main value is contradict the nafs where it contradicts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allow the nafs room where it, Allah has allowed you room. So let the, 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 the standard be the sharia. It would point, contradict my nafs in this, but if a nice uh, looking you know, person crosses the street, I'm going to stare at them. <laughs> What's the point? No value in that. 
Okay. Contradicting the nafs in laziness from ta'at is number two. So the second struggle, I'm lazy in fulfilling sunan. I'm lazy in fulfilling ibadat. I'm going to contradict my nafs in doing acts of worship that I otherwise you know, would not have done. That's where contradicting the nafs. We have awrad. And by the way, you know what someone told me? Some of you may be very shocked by this. I didn't really talk much about this, but someone has been telling me this lately. A lot of stuff that I, that we bring up is actually tarbiyah oriented, right? Tarbiyah means like you take a human being and you try to improve that person overall. And they said that, you know, you the language of tarbiyah today is not the language of the tariqas anymore. It's the structure of tarbiyah is not the structure of that it's the structure of wellness and counseling and i never thought about it and i was sort of almost repulsed at the immediate sound of it because it's not my thing but they sat and they kept telling me listen that all of most of what you're saying people seek it out in the form a lot of the vast majority of people seek it out in the form of counseling wellness and life coaching is that true? Because they say, like, you say a lot of things about, for example, the way in which you do something is by doing a little bit of it, but do it every day. The witted system, right? The system of awrad. Okay. So the system of awrad where you have an act of worship that you're doing, you don't stop it. You, you leave. You hold on to it like a junkyard dog. But it has to be so thin and small that it doesn't, alter your day right it it shouldn't you shouldn't feel like my life is has to change right you shouldn't feel like this thing is like disrupting my whole um you know uh routine you should feel that it's not it's not even affecting my routine but if you do that and then you stick with it every single day it seems like it starts getting louder and louder and louder right it's like a dropping water in a sink. Okay. It seems like it's getting louder and louder and louder. Every, all throughout the night. That's the system of awrad and it's a system of how to create any habit. Not just the awrad. And that's why, you know what they told me? They said, what you need to do is set up an operation where it, it, you it's it is this wellness and and counseling stuff but it's deen it's rooted in iman and deen so a lot of people uh are actually saying that uh they they want to change their life around their life stinks and they imagine that taking a course in i don't know some course is going to help them really what they need is some some better they need to live better and for us, we don't separate that from iman and deen. We don't separate it. So something where the, the wellness and the counseling is not divorced from deen. It's infused. And that is almost the new way, the language of tarbiyah today. Who knows? Uh, tell me what you all think. Uh, MM is saying, has the Q&A started? And the answer is yes. Um, but that's basically what someone told me. And I was started guiding me really thinking about it because when I travel with a lot of people, like I traveled 
uh, or not just travel, when I deal with a lot of people in Shabab, sometimes what they need is not necessarily like religious instruction per se, but their lives just need help. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to dress. They don't know how to shake hands. Full grown, I mean, we just dealt with some people, full grown adults, maybe 28 years old. Was, did you, were you parented at all? Mumbling when you talk, you shake hands like this, limp. There's nothing there. Mumbling when you talk, you came out, you didn't comb your hair, you're wearing sweatpants, there's a wrinkle in your clothes, everything is uh, wrinkled. You don't put your head up. You sleep in. You're, everything is a disaster with this person. Then you wonder why, you know, the, you, nothing's working, not Dean nor Dunya. And I feel like when I see those people, I'm like, I have all the solutions that you need. And it's not hard. It is really not hard. And you could be literally like a, a, a solid, like I love the, the, the Marines. He's like solid and everything. They're not, they're, they're in the body of a Marine. Neither is it, you can't say it's sleek like a biker. Like bikers and runners, they're very thin. You can't say he's a bodybuilder. You can't say he's a boxer. But he's like perfect in everything. He could walk around like a civilian. Like a Marine could walk up here. You don't think he works out. But he's more, his, his lungs are better off. His lungs are as strong as a swimmer. He's got the, he's probably got greater strength than, uh, uh, he could fight better than a boxer. And he's probably got as good strength as a weightlifter, right? And he's got endurance. That's, you see that like all around package. And that's exactly what I think that I see these Shabab and I see these youth and I'm like, I don't want to say something bad about your parents, but they wronged you. This stuff is basic stuff, basic stuff. And, and I'm looking, you know where they go to? Jordan Peterson. And they're like, wow, he says, make my bed. Make your bed. What? This is like, this is like, what, what happened to the fatherhood here? And why are you going to these people? And then, of course, there's the other camp, which is a bunch of liars that Harun talked about and made fun of them on one tweet and he said these guys are liars they come in with a bugatti or a lamborghini and trying to create an image that they could make you into this this the this pimp don type of guy right and that's all a lie and some of the muslims have taken on that and i'm telling you i'm not even joking with you one of these websites said by the end of this course you will be okay you will know how to become a millionaire and you will have three to four wives what are you talking about, man? What kind of lies are these? Don't tell lies to people. Wallahi al-Azim. Same dude. He had to go fund me for his studio. <laughs> I'm telling you. Same dude. Same month. He has a, go hey, GoFundMe, help me start up my studio. Why do you have a GoFundMe? Where is you and your millions and your five wives and, 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 and six concubines? You're a liar. Okay, don't sell dreams. So I'm not into that. I'm more into like, you're a regular dude, but you need help on the basics of stuff. You know when we do the taslim? The taslim, okay, people don't know what the taslim is. When we sat for a majlis of adhkar, of, of, of after the majlis, maybe an hour or something, we all the guys come to the left and the women do it for the women. 
and you walk in a line, you shake hands. I'll, I'll be the first person, right? They will all come shaking hands, but then this person shakes my hand, comes, stands next to me. Next person shakes my hands and the next person's hands and stands next to him. Third person comes, shakes my hand, ne- next person hand, next person hand, stand next to them. And so the line then basically forms like that in a way that every person shakes every other person's hand. You know, one of the things that I've made it a point now to do it because I can't help myself. Like I can't help myself when I see this stuff. I have to fix it right away. When you're shaking hands, the strength of your handshake, you look the person in the eye, you smile, you say something, right? People don't know how to do that. And after, if they do this, every vicar that we do, they get it right eventually. And I'm telling you, sometimes they're arched back like this, especially the youth. They don't know. <laughs> they're like arched back like this, straight limp hand, limp hand, arched back, mumbling, no confident, straighten your back. But this basic stuff, right? And so that's why I'm thinking about uh, really what the person said. And in the beginning, I was like, no, I'm not doing no counseling thing. I'm not a counselor, right? I don't like problems. I want optimism, success. Victory, conquest. But they're like, yeah, but it is going to be that. But, you know, you got to put it in the form, structure it. And I'm like, I don't have time to counsel people. He said, no, you, you get the counselors and train them. Youth night is that, basically. All of this. You know what all is? It's the aggregate of the hours would have spent with your dad, with your uncle, with your older cousin, older brother, grandpa, when you were born in the old days, you didn't go to school. You got a tutor here and there, but you spent the whole time with your male family members and the female with the female family members. They trained you in life. You got the 80 years experience of your grandfather trickled down to you from the start. The two decades of experience of your older brother and cousin trickled down to you. You didn't even need your dad's advice. Right? You got your many men of the family. And back in the old days, every person, every male did have a right to give some advice to everybody else or stop a kid from doing something bad. If you ask around in all the old world, if a if a boy in the in the community who we know, we know his we know his face, we know his father, was seen doing something bad, it was expected. You can fix it. You can say stop doing that. Behave properly. Like if you saw a boy, a teenager abusing an old man and you are an adult and you recognize this, you could stop it right then and there. And you could take him by the ear and drag him to his dad, right? And this was socially acceptable. So all the tarbiya, all the tarbiya was happening by everybody. Now the cumulative uh, hours of that tarbiya is gone and the kid is actually in public school with a bunch of other kids like him. So actually, it's all going negative now. You're learning all these bad habits and things that are becoming big in your mind that are not a big deal. Okay? In the old days, you're out farming with your dad. Okay? And the idea of like little fashions and fads is no big deal. We need to farm here or else we're going to die. So you learned these, the priorities of life. You go to other school, you go to spend eight hours a day with other kids your age, the priorities of life are totally imbalanced. All these are parts of the problems as I've observed the thing, and many others have observed these things. So I personally think that um, 
um, I personally think that it is something that I, I, I am willing to think about. And well, it doesn't seem like, like, for example, it's just a bad in a different community. Yeah. Like, where there's got to be a that, compared to, like, another community, where, like, we're still at, like, very ground level. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what it is, is that it's not one massive thing to do. It's regularly being there, regularly being there Friday nights, regular being there um, so that if you're right, because people aren't going to come all the time. People are going to come one out of 10 times, right? Let's say an average of our community member comes to one out of 10 vicars, but that's five a year, right? That's maybe five vicars a year, five sessions a year they come. But if we were only there half the time, all of a sudden that's two out of two times a year, right? But some people come more, much more intensely. So the point being is that if, if we're regular at the masjid, it gives an opportunity for people to be irregular in their attendance and still benefit. That's what I'm trying to say. But if, I, if, if, if we were irregular in holding the gatherings and they're irregular in attendance, they wouldn't attend at all. They'd get very little out of it. And the benefit of the community is when a lot of people are at the middle level. A lot of people. So that's where the standard, the baseline standard is much higher when you are regular. And that's the importance of the local life. That's why one thing I said is like, if I do this, I'm not going to, it's not going to take away from my local like life. And the actual counselors will be other people that I trust, that I know who have, who have degrees in counseling and who, who share the same vision that I have. Right. And Allah knows best. We'll see. I'm just toying with ideas and want to see what the reaction of people is. <sighs> Can a husband use his rights, says double M, M to the fourth power. Use his rights to cause his wife haraj. What do you mean by that? Haram. Causing one's wife haraj. What are some practical examples of causing... What, please explain to me what you mean by that. Using, causing your wife's haraj. Why would you want to do such a thing? Hardship. Awkwardness. Khadija Asif says, I think it's good to have righteous friends that hold you to account. Okay. That's all it is. It's suhba. Suhba. Okay. Abdullah US. A wife, suspicious phone use. Sleeping with it, turning it over. Very suspicious. Forces man to check to find there has been exchange of text with the man and receiving bad photos. Was the man justified in spying? Yes, of course. What the heck? You got issues, man. He only regrets divorce because there are kids involved. Scary stuff, man. Really scary stuff. Dean Adi, in the pharmacy, the medita- medications we dispense are to treat internal turbulence due to imbalances. Therapeutic counseling based in truth corrects many imbalances. Therapeutic, so I, this is Mike on. Therapeutic imbalance, let's say that exists. So, uh, sorry, uh, chemical imbalances. Now the medication issued by a psychiatrist would... And fix that imbalance, correct that imbalance, I should say, uh, re engage that equilibrium, 
then now the person is capable of sitting and talking because some people, regardless of how they got there, who knows how they got there, but they did get to a point of that their depression is so bad that they actually need help, medical, medicinal help. We don't have a problem with that. What we do have a problem with is divorcing it from a th- a ca- therapeutic counseling, talking, and spiritual help. That's the problem I see. Because all in Islamic history, okay, the idea of mental institutions started in Islam. How about this? When I'm feeling groggy and down and, 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 and not great, and I go and say, I, need, I know I need to... I need to do some dhikr, then I need to do some exercise, then I need to do some work, right? Then I need to go and check out what's happening in my family and, mop, my, and, and, and help out with that. But I can't do it. I need to get a cup of coffee first. <laughs> so what am I doing? I'm recognizing that I know that what I have to do morally, but I also need to get my body there first. I need to have a nice tall glass of water like this. You know, that Starbucks one that I carry around, that huge one. It's like this tall, right? I need to have that. I need to have a nice hot cup of coffee. Then I'm ready to go. So what am I doing? I'm correcting or I'm acting upon some chemical situation in my body, getting that to an optimal level. Then now I can, I'm able to think. I'm able to help myself. That's where we, the psychiatrists, can come into play and in helping you know, people out. It could very well be that people, they have bad thoughts, whatever it is, that makes them prone to that chemical imbalance and makes it worse. So they're, they're, they're physically prone to that. And now on top of that, a bad thing happens, triggers a bad set of ideas in their mind that takes them far down. And now they need a little bit of a boost to come up. And then now we can talk. And now the talking can take over. And now the positive lifestyle, living, makes them in, and not in need of the medicine anymore. That's what I'm talking about. And that's where, well, see, you came in. I don't know if you heard, you were listening on YouTube. Were you? No, no, something about depression sounds like. Yeah, we were talking and some, someone had said to me that so much of what you're talking about, that of what I talk about here, yeah. is the, like, terbiya-oriented stuff yeah. of just how to be an upright human. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And they said to me that, but you're talking about it in like within a uh, context of sirah or fiqh. It could stand alone simply as like a wellness and counseling operation. That's Islam. Oh, that's Islam. (laughs) But the language of today's people is counseling and wellness. It is, yeah. But But is there out there something where it's, we're saying we're rooting it in Islam? It's mm. counseling of us rooted in Islam directly. Oh. So yeah. that's that was the idea. So I figured I want to hear what everyone has to say about that and toy with the, the idea. There is, I mean, like now there's a lot of, um, one of the burgeoning fields or subfields in psychology is Islamic psychology. And it's really? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you know them, like in, in Cambridge, there's um, Abdullah Rothman. He's one of the big um, like um, leaders or luminaries in this area. There's also um, Rashid Skinner. Um, uh, no way. P.F. Skinner's... Uh, <laughs> Isn't his name P.F. Skinner? <laughs> Isn't he this first guy who would no, ring a bell? <laughs> nice coincidence. And, and ring a bell and, and, and then give the dog food? No, I think right? that's Pavlov. Pavlov. Well, what about Skinner? 
Skinner, there was somebody named Skinner, like one of the behavioralists. Yeah, B.F. Skinner. Skinner. Yeah. B.F. Skinner. Yeah. Right. This uh, this this guy, yeah. I think he's like North Northern European Muslim or something. Okay. S K J N N E R or something. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, it's a, they're both um really helpful. I've talked to both of them, but they're they're trying to bring more people in, and like the regular, I guess, secular atheistic psychologists, um, a lot of them do have a lot of interest in supporting work in this field because it's like the premise of it is uprooting the premises of like standard psychology because we come mm. from a different worldview so we approach we a different worldview we, thank you we approach like schizophrenia totally differently we don't disaffirm its reality yeah. like there are people that have actual problems but we say like maybe the way that we deal with it is kind of different and maybe mm. there's different forms we may also differ on the origin of it yeah exactly that's what right? they say yeah and you telling me that someone sees and hears voices facts now the freud freudianists the Molana in Pakistan will give you different reasons why they're yeah. seeing that. Well, it's irrelevant to us, right? In a sense. Yeah. He is seeing something. That's the fact. The Freudian says it's a hallucination. What is a hallucination? Your mind is creating ideas. What? <laughs> now, the other guy says, it's jinns. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, which one is true? Okay? But in a sense, we have to say, at some point, we have to say, okay, well, it's, we'll never know. Maybe we'll never be able to certainly know. I really don't buy into this just... What is hallucination in a sense? My mind is portraying. How do you know that? Here's the thing, it's not like, a fact. That's a theory. That is a theory, right? Likewise, someone saying it's a gin, I can't. You can't prove that either. Okay. So who knows? Here's why. The, but it needs to be treated. Here's why the gin might be a little bit better. Is yeah. That like so the hallucination thing. We don't even have to sower of the mind. Mm-hmm. So we're affirming descriptions to something we don't have to sower. We, we don't have. You're, a you're affirming. You're, you're basically saying that a subject is doing something. You don't have a concrete establishment of what the mind is, yeah. but yet you're attributing action to it. There can't be Tostig before Tosower. So we're, Brilliant. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, our dean teaches, there are dean teaches Akliyat. And what he just said is an example of taking Akliyat. You, you basically just did the first basics of karate and you did it on the whole field. You cannot establish that a mind did something when you don't know what a mind is. Yeah. Right? Which is basically what we're saying with the social thing is that um, we can't do women's empowerment in the West if we can't define what a woman is. Right? (laughs) All right. Sorry to go there. Uh, (laughs) But NY Myla K says, here's a question from Instagram. If someone requires therapy, does going to Muslim therapists outweigh a non-Muslim therapist? That's where we we do want to establish an Islamic form of this therapy where Iman is involved to the degree that the person is religious, right? Person is not religious, you could still give them therapy, right? But if a person is in the deen, if you check off that box, okay, then we, 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 we should be able to give you that. We should be able to give you the awrad. Imagine the therapist that gives out orads. Oh, I think they used to have that, you know. Yeah, I th- and like to be honest, you know, I don't even see why they have to be religious. Because like the other people that are not religious, they're taking a chance on an SSRI. Oh my god! Take gosh. a chance on a dicker. Thank you. You're you're taking a pill and you're just accepting it, right? Yeah. Why don't you take a uh, listen to the Quran for a little bit? And here's the thing: we know Prozac, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of these antidepressants. Yeah. The funny thing is, they seem to work very well while the patent is still active. After the patent <laughs> expires, yeah. suddenly Prozac's not working anymore. No, this is a famous thing in the psychology. Yeah. Which is, it's a business operation. Yeah. That's it. 
Uh, Fatima Mossad says it's called nefsiyat, the concept of the soul and the nefs to redefine psychology. I'm totally in with that. <laughs> totally in with that. <laughs> Muhammad Munim says some ulama are against women scholars speaking at mixed gatherings. What's my opinion on that? Firstly, I don't give fatawa like that, but I, I do have an opinion on that. And my opinion <laughs> is I do follow what Sheikh Ramin Sur said in which, in which if a if the akhlaq is being kept, also Sheikh Abuti mentioned this too, if the whole environment is an Islamic environment and the person's not, you know, softening their voice or doing anything inappropriate, then it should not be, inshallah, there shouldn't be an issue with someone giving a presentation, a woman giving a presentation in a respectful manner. Right, which I think that uh, I'm 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 okay with that opinion. Seems to me that's a right, a fair opinion, an assessment. These days, you know what? It's like in the world of so many opinions. Why do you need to make up your own opinion in Islam? There are people older than us. They've come up with this stuff, right? Let's look what they said first, and then align ourselves with it. If Sheikh Al Bulti says that, and he's okay with that, if Sheikh Rami's fine with that, right? I'm fine with it too. I like that opinion. It, sound, it seems like it makes sense to me. Cambridge Muslim College does a diploma in Islamic psychology, and Dr. Ranya teaches with it. Is that diploma online or not? If you can please answer. If because if Dr. if Dr. Ranya Awad is on it, is it Awad or Awad? Uh, if she's on it, then clearly it's an online diploma. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is this the Cambridge? Does this Cambridge thing? Muslim College. Yeah, it should be online. Yeah, but like, it's pretty intensive. And you yeah. wake up for UK time. Yeah, wake up for UK. Wait. Yeah, Last that's classes. true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Blue skies. I'm in love with a Hindu. I can't be with him in this dunya. <laughs> Can I make dua that I be with him in Jannah? You should say someone like him. You should say. Okay. But um, if you say La ilaha illallah a lot, I believe that. Um, and you and you rectify yourself a lot. You know, I don't want to say this is a, a rule of thumb, but it would be hard for a mu'min to love someone who is far off from the deen. But I can't make a rule for that, right? I can't make a rule like that. But someone who is very strong in their deen would 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 there would be a wall between us, an unseen wall, because the Quran says this, right? Whoever recites the Quran much, there is a wall okay, that is unseen okay, between them and those who don't believe in the Akhirah. Like you could not bring yourself, you know that there's going to be a limit there. So maybe, and Allah knows best, that will ameliorate some of that um, love. Uh, they have, what's the name for it? When you're totally in love with somebody, they call it um, infatuation. Infatuation. Thank you. We got the wordsmith here. Uh, infatuation. That's it. Is a type of sickness, not a sickness, but it's like a a, a state that occurs. You're infatuated with someone. So it, a lot of recitation of Quran should calm that down. But you should say, "May Allah grant me a husband like him or better." Next question: How do I practice chivalry? Chivalry usually tends to be in the relationship between you and those who are um, you are obligated to be responsible for. So chivalry is in relationships. So you can learn this by getting a book called the book of chivalry by Abdul Rahman. It's in English, but 
what's your relationship to your mom, to your daughter, to your sister, to your, you know, wife? That's where chivalry begins. What's your relationship to the poor? That's where chivalry begins. Chivalry is all about using your strength to help those who either a you're obligated to to help, or though or b like those who need your help. That's usually what chivalry is all about. Okay, how do we understand the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? The worst of people are those we need to be nice to in order to avoid their harm. Yes, that means that a per these are the worst of people. You want to be nice to them because you're so afraid of their shameless. Um, and vicious attacks These are the worst of people That everyone tiptoes around them Because they are shameless bullies Right And they are the worst of people Because we have gotten to the point that We won't speak out against them We will actually be nice to them Because we're so scared of them So they have scared everybody With their attitude and their viciousness What's the advice to someone in financial crisis? SubhanAllah. It's a bit of a broad question. And I think the philosophy of financial well-being, we do have one in Islam, and I've talked a lot about it. That's why the person said, listen, you need to put all this in a separate silo that relates to counseling, right? Where Because financial counseling in Islam, like there's general principles that if a Muslim observes, and I'm all about general principles, not a book this big. I don't want a book this big. Person's already depressed, <laughs> right? He needs a tweet, right? Okay. Uh, part of it is wake up early, make istighfar, give sadaqah to the poor. You begin to win. Make sure your wealth is halal. You begin to win the mercy of Allah and the compassion of Allah. Wake up early. Risk is distributed in the morning. Make istighfar, give sadaqah. Of course, purify your wealth person uh your job whatever your job is if it's your, your job is haram leave it completely and then start selling something the prophet said nine tenth of risk is in sales are you selling anything okay start selling something mm. what's the g learning adab what the vibes from the gc what is the gc Group uh, chat? Group chat, I think. Yeah. But what is this the group chat? Yeah, I guess the, he's talking about the YouTube chat. Uh. Okay. Okay. Um. So Lily Rose says that this is involves empaths facing narcissists. I don't, I'm not exactly sure on the technical definition of an empath, but I believe that it's someone very sensitive. And those people get abused badly by narcissists. Let you see like a woman who's extremely sensitive. She never wants to hurt anybody, right? She's sensitive to others. The narcissist is only sensitive to himself. <laughs> so they came together because she is always sensitive to others. He is only sensitive to himself. So she's convex and he's concave, <laughs> right? And they fit perfectly together yeah. in an abusive, toxic, terrible relationship, right? Yeah. But he's the perfect ab abuser. She's the perfect victim, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And you need the wali to pull you out of that. Because 
as soon as this narcissist cries one tear and sends one beautiful text and brings one box of Russell Stover chocolates, <laughs> she is colossus. Let's give him a second chance. Everyone gives a second chance. And this is the abusive wife syndrome. Second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance. 30 years have passed. Isn't that, how, how many times have you seen that? 20, 30 years have passed. I had a short fuse for this type of stuff. Pull the plug right away. This person yeah. is in a is 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 a vacuum. Suck, 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 suck. Meanwhile, you are becoming depressed. You're miserable. You're now overweight. You're you you have no dreams anymore. Forget dreams. Forget ambitions. I'm talking about dreams as in I have a dream to do something in life. That's gone completely. It's all about their dreams. It's all about damage control. This is life. You need you need an extraction. You need Liam Neeson to come in <laughs> and extract you. Okay? <laughs> so firebomb the place and extract the subject. Okay? And deliver you back to your Wali's house. Okay? Oh, Yasin okay. Archuleta has joined. Yasin, I don't know if this is something you want to talk about, but let me know if you want to talk about your your event. He has a special event coming this September. Oh. It's so... I wish I could go. I don't know if it's public yet. We'll see if Yasin Archuleta replies on Instagram. Is because this, Is this Archuleta related to the other Archuleta? Yeah. Oh, okay. How many Archuletas can there be? I mean, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> so you see what I'm saying about the empath and the narcissist? Yeah. You know, if I was the counseling, I'd be like, pack your bag. <laughs> right? Pack your bag. This is a no. You are a wife, not a counselor. Right? Okay. You, you you cannot be in a marriage that's supposed to offer Sakina, yet you find yourself a counselor, you know, a therapist. You Did you sign? Hey, Yasin, can I talk about it? Because I, uh, I would love to tell people about it. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Um, you cannot sign up to be a wife, then find yourself to be a therapist. That sign has to be a counselor. If you if you sign up to be a wife or a husband, and you find yourself, let's say the person got injured, and you find yourself, I'm a nurse half the time, that's acceptable. Like no one will blame you. It's your choice. You want to ma stay married with the guy, or you want to leave the guy. Okay, it's your choice. And by the way, in the Sharia, in Islam, it's a valid reason to leave for a wife. In Islam, you get married a guy, he gets into a car accident, he's a paraplegic. There is no disloyalty. There's no, nothing bad about the woman who says he cannot fulfill his job as a husband anymore. He can't protect me. He can't give me a happy life anymore. Yeah. We can't have kids. He can't, uh, he cannot um, uh, uh, physically, intimacy, husbandry is gone. I just made up that, that adjective. The husbandry part of it. Right? <laughs> husbandry is a different To thing. be a <laughs> husband. What is, uh, what is animal like, husbandry? Yeah. Is what? Mating yeah. animals, right? I guess that's a part or of it. Or just taking care of it. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> being a husband. He can't do any of these things. The Sharia says, you get the choice. You can leave. You can leave this marriage. We, don't go to these rom-coms where the actress, I'm staying with him for life. It's rom-coms. No one's doing that. Like in real life. If she wants, <laughs> and, and it's like, they just got married like two months ago. No. There, and then if no, she leaves, okay. she's not bad. She's not wrong. 
if her mother says leave, if her father says leave, they're correct in doing so to tell her her options. And there's nothing wrong with her leaving. Okay. Things like Sharia. And, and uh, huh? I, mean, I was going to say Sharia, it, it tries to protect, or it, it's designed to protect every type of security, including yep. emotional security, which is like includes ambitions, mm-hmm. includes like, you know, aspirations. It includes yep. physical security, includes like, you know, your husband can't fulfill his rights, uh, your rights anymore. Yeah, khalas. Your, your husband can't fulfill what's needed. Well, Allah says marriage is for Sakina yeah. in the homes. Marriage is for Sakina in the homes. Let's see. So here, the narcissist. You cannot, you're not a therapist. You can't change. You can't go from victim to therapist. Okay. Um, all right. Waalaikum salam. Ammar, What's happening, champ? Okay. You cannot go from victim to therapist. It just doesn't work. Extract yourself from such a situation. Soheb, what's happening? Yunus, what's happening? We have Soheb, Yunus, and Suhaib Yunus. Yes. <laughs> the Arabs say um, the more names that you give to something, that uh, the more praiseworthy it is, right? So, That's true, yeah. yeah. In Some Africa, a kid's born, he gets a name from each relative. So one yeah, brother has it. nine names in our community. In our community, one brother has nine names. That's yeah. That's like my community back home. It's like yeah, all Africa. It's the same so thing. yeah, I have one of one of my friends. Uh, he's like the third. So like the like his middle name is like the third because there's Subhan- like like ten oh, wow. kids. So he's like number three. <laughs> Uh, now listen to this. What if your mom is the narcissist? You give her her rights and that's it. What is her rights in the Sharia? That's why Sharia tells us where justice begins and ends. That's the difference between Islam and the social justice movements. Social justice movements, where does it end? Where does it end? Okay. Like why are we on, if first wave feminism, let's say, those things were achieved. So why isn't it over? It's never going to be over. Because there's no revelation saying this is where it ends. It becomes a mindset. I'm always a, a victim. I'm not saying it yeah. just for women specifically. In all these social justice movements, you are always perpetually in the state of needing to get more and more and more. Well, sh- Sharia and Islam says, no, this is enough for you. This is enough for you. This is your limits. So we can easily achieve an equilibrium because we know what the targets are. And look how, right? like, in reality, their world, their... Uh, their momentum is based on disempowerment. Yeah. They're always victimizing mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Whereas us, we get to a conclusion, which is an empowering place we, to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We have a place where we say that's it. And that's why, one of, you know, the, 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 the rich also need counseling. I, one of the best things that a rich guy said, he said, I'm very rich, I'm very happy, and my family's great. So he said, the reason is, every time I get into an endeavor, I, I put a number. I said, this is the number. That's it. I don't know anymore. Well, okay. As soon as the company gets that number, he unloads it. Right. Or a stock or whatever it is. Like what isn't homes? He puts a number for himself. Right? And the cars, a number. There's a number of cars that we don't need anymore. This is all we need. Right? So he's very rich, but he all his secret, he says, he puts a number to everything. Like at what point am I happy? Bismillah. At what point uh, is enough enough? Right? At what point is, are we going to pack up and go home? That's really the question. When do you pack up and go home? And that's a, that's a great mindset. Like, you're going to go on Twitter? Like, for, for when? How long? Like, three tweets? Five tweets? Like, how long are you going to stay on this social media platform for the day? Two tweets, go home. Call it a day. You don't need to, to answer every single tweet. When do you say no? Right? Double uh, ASM 83, can you give some suggestions for twin boy names? Yes. Uh, Hassan Hussein, Musa and Harun, 
عيسى زكري يحيى يحيى and Isa يحيى the older one Isa the younger one like that twin boy names you can find those you can name for example what else or or that went like that were pairs in the in Islamic history Hassan Hussein Hassan Hussein okay right Harun and Musa Yahya and Isa Talha Zubair well not really but they are Talha and Zubair because they were both they always mentioned they were were they killed they were killed at the same time or no very close together I think right hmm you know what? Don't do Saad and Saeed because everyone would be confused. <laughs> okay, you, I I know people. I know people who took one route and named yeah. all their kids on the route, right? And ev- the whole world's confused now. <laughs> um, Yusuf and Benjamin. Does no Muslim names Benjamin? Ismail and Ishaq, yes. Ali and Jafar. You're on a roll. All these people. Ha, ha, uh, no one names Benjamin anymore. So they just said Yamin. That's why he said Yamin. Well, that makes sense. Yusuf and Yamin. You don't need to say Ben Yamin. Yamin. Shabar and Shabir. Shabar and Shabir is Hassan and Hussein of Hebrew. Abdurrahman, Abdurrahim, too close. Too close. Imagine the the the, the elementary school teacher who oh has God. him in the same class. Man, she's gonna be tortured. And then if she says anything, it's racism, right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor lady. Abdul Rahman, Abdul Rahman. Wait, you guys have the same name? Okay. Um, Salah and um, oh, Nuruddin. Nuruddin, Salahuddin. That would be a good one. Nuruddin, Salahuddin. I'm hoping you're, that's uh, your grandkid's name. Nuruddin and Salahuddin? Yeah, we should be. It should yes, be yeah. because... Uh, it should be Yusuf, basically, because Salah Adin's name is Yusuf. So yeah. Ayub has to name Yusuf. He better he better be a champ then, yeah. right? <laughs> with with name lineage like that, because Salah Adin's father is Ayub and his father is Shadi, right? So that's the lineage of names. He better not like be a dentist, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> or an accountant, right? So who, let's see what else. Excellent summary of the narcissist abuse. Gotta leave, man. Just leave. You're wasting your life. Wasting your life with the narcissists. Uh, it's not my job to be your therapist. Okay. Uh, it's never sinful to leave your wife. You take your mom with, uh, to leave your mom. You take <laughs> your mom with you. I'm moving here. Here's your room. That's the Sharia. If you are the caretaker of your, your, your mom. Mm, okay. I read about ulama speaking about love and dunya, love of dunya, but in essence, dunya and its attractive thing distracts us from Allah sacrificing for the hereafter. Well, here's the thing is that you can possibly seek something of the dunya and make it an act of worship by saying, justifying why is it that you want it? It's because the fitrah of the human being. We are created to desire certain things. The fitrah of the human being is created to desire, let's say, a mate. The fitrah of a human being is desire to, to is, is created to desire security, which is through wealth. Think, fitrah of the human being, your Allah created you to love beauty. All those things you say, my Lord, I'm seeking it because this is not my fitrah, but I'm seeking it through you, through the halal, with sabr, and I want to be grateful for it, and I want to help others with it. Right, enjoy it myself, the bulk of it, 
but yet I'll help others with some of it. And that's, that is how you turn a desire into dunya. Mini Star is here, and I met her mother and her. They were at the UK um, events. Movies have ruined our perception of what marriage actually is. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yep. What if someone has a narcissistic mother? Yes, we mentioned we answered that. CE Mu'mina says, What to do if I see obvious toxic relationship in community that the husband is choosing not to work and provide for over a decade and actively cussing out their kids with the F word? So if you see those problems in other families, do not be at the wedge. This is a no no to go and to learn that from experience. Not that I did that, but I observed. And I saw a very wise man named Jimmy Jones in the New Haven community. And when a person had seen, had discovered that a husband was not being loyal to his wife or to the marriage, doing something haram, faithful, as they say, he said, don't go to the wife and tell her, right? Do not do that. Rather, threaten him. Tell him, listen, I know all about this. Get your act together. I'm not going to tell your wife, but I could, right? He got his act together. Right, and she also went to the other woman and said, "Listen, he's married. I'm breaking this thing up that you guys got going on. I'm 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 blowing it up right now, right? But I'm not going to tell the other woman. So comply with respect now, before it gets nasty." That woman head for the hills. The guy got scared, and the wife never knew. Fast forward, you saw they have happily married. So the guy screwed up a little bit. But it was fixed without destroying that family. So don't be the source to destroy a family. If a woman comes to you, this is advice to women. And I'm giving you advice to women that I took scented from other women. If a woman comes to you to complain about her husband, don't listen. Because as soon as you listen to it, you become associated with the fitna. And as soon as she makes things right, you're the first friend she kicks to the curb. This yeah. is so many women have yeah. experienced this. Okay, you, oh, listen, oh, okay, husband's bad, let's talk, and let's, you become associated with that fitna. As soon as she makes things right with her husband, you're the first one to go. So if you care about that friendship, don't do it. Chief Latif said, I signed a contract for work saying that I cannot get a second job. Is it a valid clause under the Medicaid method? <laughs> you signed it already, Rubs. You signed it. Are you planning to not do it? May I get a second job under the table? Tell that Sheikh Rami. Yes, let's ask Sheikh Rami. Let's see if you know what what we have to say about that. Is it a valid clause? That's a good question. You the the clause should be. If we discover you have a second job, <laughs> this contract is invalidated. Correct? That's because if we say in a marriage, an Islamic marriage, which is a contract, to the Islamic marriage, you cannot say that you will not take a second wife. You can say, if you take a second wife, this marriage is yeah. invalidated. This marriage is done with. That's what you can say. So the correct verbiage should be, if we discover that you have a second job, then we reserve the right to end this contract. That should be the language of the contract. Okay. I also was confused when we got a cat that gave a contract that you have adopted the cat, but you cannot neuter the cat. 
or spay the cat, whatever it's called, or declaw the cat. So I'm thinking to myself, this can't be a valid contract because it's my cat. I could do whatever I want with it, right? <laughs> At this point. Like, what are you going to do about it? So, uh, but apparently legally it is a valid clause and sh- they could have um, taken us to some kind of court. Well, actual kangaroo court. There. Kangaroo court, completely. <laughs> Can you leave That's your awesome. spouse to study the dean abroad if the spouse does not want to join? Now, this is not a good marriage if the situation is going on like this. The particular spouse struggles with the one out of five salah, but provides and protects, has great akhlaq, hardly prays, and the, but the other side wants to go study. This is a severe imbalance that you need help with. Honestly, there's more justification for the counseling operation, right? Yeah. To be honest with you, because this needs conversations. This yeah. needs marriage coaching. You can't be at this level of imbalance. The woman cannot be the imam of the marriage. That's not what you signed up for. When you're a husband, you are also the protector, the provider, but you're not just like a secure ADT, uh, right? <laughs> ADT, ATM, that's not what else. You have to provide love, physical intimacy, spiritual leadership. You are the imam of that house. How is it that, imagine now that a woman is like a MMA fighter and the guy is extremely weak. There's an imbalance there. So she defends every time that someone insults you guys, she defends you. That's an imbalance, right? Well, you wouldn't accept that. You would say that's off. No difference between that and the spiritual aspect where when it comes to the dean, she is far more to so the point that she's going to study abroad overseas and he's still struggling with the five daily prayers. That's an imbalance there that you need to find to meet somewhere, you know, in the middle. But you don't want to tell someone, decrease your deen, right? And he can't come up to the point of being talib ilm if he doesn't pray five times a day. You need to talk to somebody for weeks and weeks and weeks, okay? Am I, I'm actually justified in saying that there's plenty of need for this kind of Islamic I've been thinking lock. about this recently, actually. I know somebody yeah. that would be perfect for it, by the way. A yeah. counselor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him he should do it. Really? Yeah, yeah. You need to tell me who they are. Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't know if I okay. want to blast them on, uh, on the live stream. We'll yeah, do next time. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll blast them. Write his name here. Okay. If I, do I know this oh, person? Oh, yeah, you definitely know. Oh, write the name right there. Now, I, I, can't, I can't deal with someone who says, I'll tell you later. Oh, no, okay. I need to know now, right? <laughs> oh, we can say his uh, laqab on, uh, on the air. What's his laqab? Abu Qut. Oh, Abu Qut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, he's really okay. good. He's really good. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't know this that. This is like okay. an untapped skill set. You're right? joking with no, me. No. Okay, that's good. Amazing. Very I've good, talk, very I good. talked to a number of people about the same issue. Okay. He, he was like his, his, like, his counseling for the person that had the issue was like, I Amazing. Said, I don't need to go to anybody else. That's ever. excellent. That is really good. Okay, good. So here you see the situation where that that severe imbalance, it needs you need to talk to somebody. I'm not I'm uh I'm not kidding you. You need to talk to somebody. Let's go to Instagram and see what's going on. Okay, first question when we go to someone's grave, can we talk in any language? Yes. Yes. It's the meaning that's transmitted and Allah knows best. Allah knows best. All right, let's go to Medium says Cambridge offers um, Islamic psychology. What's your opinion? I don't, I didn't, I didn't look at it, nor am I prob- really equipped to. Uh, 
nor am I really equipped to uh, assess such a uh, curriculum. UI Design says you are my teacher at Yale. MashaAllah, a Yale student. You went to Yale all these years. Now you're on Instagram live watching. All right. Well, shouldn't you be banking or something? You went to Yale. Shouldn't you be printing money? It's like three. I wish I knew which student it was, but they say here, you are my teacher at Yale. See, I'm the social proof that I actually did teach at Yale. All right. That's actual proof that it's not a scam when I say to people that I used to teach at Yale. So very good. Nice. I wish I knew who it was exactly. But. Then again, they're probably at some kind of a fancy board meeting and they can't put their name there on Instagram. Okay. Most of the Arabic students were either like uh, Pakistani youth who wanted to learn the Quran or Indians who wanted to learn Arabic to do banking in the Emirates <laughs> or Jews who wanted to learn Arabic to be involved with Israel and Palestine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's So UI Designs, I'm going to click on there. Oh, I can't right now. Omi Yunus is the uh, name. Boom. Another Yunus. <laughs> We're getting a lot. A lot of Yunuses. So, wow. mashallah. Let's now go to the next question on Instagram here. Do you feel a lot of marital problems happen as a result of both parties not knowing the rights of one another? Yes. When I get involved in something as complicated as marriage, you need guidance, right? It's not trial and error. I want Allah to give me, put a line in the sand. You do this. You do this. This is where you fulfilled your rights. Everything else, use common sense. Because the goal of the marriage is sakina. As the Quran says, it's tranquility. You have to do this. You cannot do this. In the middle, make the person feel tranquil. If my household, if my kids doesn't want to be in the house, they want to leave the house. There's a problem. I'm not, something's wrong. Okay? If the wife is not, or the husband, either side, is not tranquil, as the Quran says, marriage is for tranquility. There is a problem. We have to look what the problem is. But in terms of uh, obligations, I need to know where is the line in the sand. That you have to do this, you cannot do this. And in between, use your judgment. Yes, we need a mic here. They got this little yeah. one here, right? Can you use that? And by the way, we need, they want, the guys uh, next Friday, or maybe this Friday, I can't remember which one, they want to do an old school podcast with. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Oh, man, it's been a while. Oh, by the way, did I tell you that Romanians, a Romanian family, came to the UK tour? Yeah. Romania, they came. <laughs> and there it is. All right. Yeah, a husband, wife uh, came. Romanians. Yep. So you're going to say something, Sohib? So, Go ahead. Um, one of my recommendations, because I've been married for 22 years. So Mashallah, 22 years. Um, and I think it goes, you know, mm -hmm. part and parcel with what you've been saying. I think the one thing that has always been my advice to anyone who uh, is looking to have a successful marriage is that you have to have the foundational principle that the deen will always be the tiebreaker. Mm. That's number one. Th thank you. This, this, the, 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 when we have a problem, where do we go? Who's the referee here? Is the sharia, the sunnah. 
Okay, keep going. And, and so I think that's that's so important because there, you know, especially if you have a mixed cultural uh, background in your marriage. My yeah. wife uh, is Pakistani, but I came from a mixed background, so I didn't know all the different, you know, cultural nuances and expectations that came with like weddings or yeah. other social functions. And so at the end of the day, we came to an understanding from the very beginning that if there was an issue, the default was always going to be the way of the Prophet Muhammad That's number one. And then number two, um, obviously you have to learn the rules, but yeah. I've always felt that the one thing that's never stated enough is that the key is the salah. That's the key, yeah. If, if, you know, it's, it's cliche, the, the family that prays together stays together. So yep. if you pray the, your five salah as much as possible together, oftentimes you won't even have to discuss what needs to be done because you'll just come to a happy medium regardless and you won't have any fitna at all. When you pray together and when you eat together, you all get on the same wavelength together. You share politics. You share religious beliefs. You share expectations. You share norms. So it becomes uh, a recentering to everybody. So much so that you eventually reach a point where you can be honest in your in your criticisms of the other person in a joking fashion that becomes a point of love versus a point of disdain. Also, if you if you have a lot of time together to the point that you have so many memories together, when something bad happens between the two, it's just washed away. Like I know some people talked about how they have so many, their, their parent did so many bad things to them, but they laugh it off because there were so many far more good things, right? Like the, they would say stuff that, that the parent did that are so abusive, right? <laughs> so bad. Yet, why are they healthy, normal, and they laugh it off? Because the amount of good things that happened were far more that it washed away all the bad things. And that is the importance of spending time together. There was one guy who built a house for us back in Connecticut, and this family was an old man and five boys. All five boys were in the business and their friends, buying and selling homes, building and selling homes. And so we ended up asking them, like, in this day and age, you got five boys who all want to work with you and your company and get along and everything. So how did you do it? How did you raise your kids like this? He said, no, I didn't do much except I always spend time with them. We always just spend time with each other. We're always together. So there are, again, that's something, again, counseling for the family, right? Uh, spending time together. I like the, the simple prescriptions. There was a guy one time, he, uh, he, he sought out the advice of a guru in business. He said, man, I have a printing business. Things aren't going well. I really need your advice. I need your mentorship. He said, all right, let me swing by. He swung by his company, uh, his business. He um, sat there, listened to him, listened to him, listened to him, says, all right, you ready to listen to me? You do everything I'm going to tell you, right? He said, okay, fine, I'm ready. He said, your office and your shop, the office, and then the printing, like where they do the printing. This is really messy. Can't do business like this. Clean up. And he gets up and he starts helping him clean. And he's like, no, no, but I need like business advice. He said, listen, am I a millionaire? Yes or no? He said, yes, you're a millionaire. He said, are you ready to listen to me? Yes or no? Do you think I know what I'm doing? 
He said, yes. He said, are you a millionaire? He said, no. Right? He said, then who knows how to make millions? Me or you? Right? So he then said, oh, no, okay, you. He said, then do exactly what I tell you. Okay? This is a murid in, in, in Tijara. So he said, let's clean this place up. Right? And he started cleaning the, the office. And that was the beginning of everything. And then he took off. But he, it actually did work. So that's where um, s- certain basic things, the, the, I like these single line prescriptions. Let me, let's look at another example of that. I think one of the first times I realized uh, about how these single prescriptions, single line prescriptions, pro, what is it? Proscriptions or prescriptions? Prescriptions? Spell. P-E-R? Huh? Prescription. P-R-E. Yeah. Okay. Like a prescription. So uh, it was it was about a boxer. Boxer was down and out. Great Depression knocked him out. Out of business, out of everything. And then uh, he... Hold on a second. Okay. He gets uh, a chance to fight again after three years out of boxing. And there's... Um, there's there's a guy on the card, you know these they have like five fights, one of them drops out and they can't find anyone else. They have to reach back and call this guy up. Hey, you want to fight? Get yourself like a couple bucks. He said fine. He goes in and knocks the guy out in one minute. So oh, that's pretty impressive, right? People like you. Give him another fight. So he's he was out of the whole thing, right? Because he was no good. He was failing. Comes in, knocks the next guy out first round. Like, what the heck is going on with this guy? You haven't been training. He hasn't even been training. Next guy, he continues to win until he gets the belt. The whole heavyweight. And back in those days, in the 30s, the boxer looked like regular guy, right? <laughs> with the shorts all the way up to here, right? <laughs> right? So not like today where the boxer, it's like computerized machines, right? <laughs> so they said, like, we got to get to the bottom of this. So how the heck does a guy go from being a boxer and then he was good, and he started losing, 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 losing to being out of boxing for three years, no training, comes back and goes like 5-0 and oh or 6-0, and oh, and he holds the belt. What happened in between? So they said what happened with the guy is that he injured his punching hand in his first career as a boxer. He injured his punching hand. So when he became broke, and he went and he joined... Uh, uh, he got a, a labor job. His labor job was moving rice sacks. And the bulk of his moving of the rice sack was with his left hand. And he just balances with the right hand. Uh. Right? So his left hand got extremely strong. And that's why now he punches with both hands. Right? <laughs> his, his left shot is as strong as his right shot. Uh. But it's the idea that things you do not knowing the value of it but you were doing it all this time is the actual ends up being the difference, right? Another one of them is uh, they did a study of who lives the longest and they found that it's like an, a town in Asia. Like their lifespan is the highest. And the people who love these things, you know, they, they care about living long. Firstly, I don't think that living long is really always a great thing. <laughs> Unless you're win- <laughs> If you are a dunyawi guy, <laughs> we have akhira, right? We let Allah... Ch- Allah's choosing either way, right? But we submit and know what Allah chooses is best for each one of us. But for the materialist, why do you want to live long? 
you should not live past if you're purely a materialist, right? Dunya is all we got. Why would you want to live past like 75? You can't even look in the mirror anymore. <laughs> you do not look good. Right? <laughs> no one finds you attractive unless you have Generous billions. With the 75, by the way. It's like you gave them all the way. It to probably <laughs> gets to 69, right? So if you are a materialist, why would you want to live a long life? Everything is uncomfortable and miserable and unhappy after a certain age. We, as Muslims say, we're not materialists, so we can live whenever Allah wants us to live. But for those people, they found that the certain Asian town lives the longest. So now they spend all this money trying to do studies, 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 studies. What do they do differently? They said, oh, there's one type of plant that grows there, and they just eat it in everything. Unknowingly, because they consume it in their tea, in their salad, they just a spice almost, or herb or whatever. They put it everywhere, and that's what keeps their blood pressure regulated, their sugar regulated. So it's unknowingly they did all this stuff. That's the, those are the type of things that I th find to be like the most useful, right? They asked uh, Belichick, they asked him, you know, what was it that put you over the top in 2016? And, huh? Oh, <laughs> we have a sour. <laughs> so, yeah. so 2016, that's when they beat the Falcons, right? And they were like, this game was done with in the third, early third quarter. If not first half, this should have been done with. Right? It should have been uh, anybody could have coached to protect that lead. What was it? He said that it was, there was one thing that every practice, there was a decision, what, should we do it or should we not do it? And he decided every time to do it. No cutting corners. And that was like running hills. There was a hill mm -hmm. around where the stadium is, the practice stadium. And he said that every practice... At the end of the practice, it came in his mind, should we do it or should we skip it? And it was like they'd run the hill like 10 times, up and down the hill. And he said, every time I just said, like, I don't want to cut corners, let's do it. And they ran those hills. And running the hill after practice, it gave them a stamina. And that's why by the fourth quarter, the Falcons were gassed. The Falcons' defense was basically, there, there was no defense. There was literally no defense, right? They were gassed. Whereas... All the Patriots were like in, in, in their stamina was amazing. They also brought it to the U.S. hockey team, 1980. What was it that uh, put them over the top? Same thing. It was the, the stamina. So that's the idea of, of, of what puts people over the top. It's usually a habit. They, say, they came about uh, families that stay together and families that separate. One thing in common, they eat dinner together. That's it. That's, so you got to break it down. In the uh, Blood Brothers podcast, one of the things I said is like, I like to find the binary of things. Like everything, things are vague, but if you look at them hard enough, you will find the separation. What separates the gray into a black pixel and a white pixel? All gray is a mixture at a very small level of black pixel and white pixel. You got to figure out where it is. Like uh, this microphone looks gray right here. But from my standpoint, seeing it close, I see where it's silver and where it's black. So. Ahmad, what do you have to say? You bring a binary code and, <laughs> and Ahmad's like, all right. <laughs> binary code because he's a mathematician. Mm. What is the meaning that dua changes qadr? 
the meaning is that there is a two qadr. There is one qadr that is with Allah and nobody knows it. That is the final say of what's going to happen. There is another qada that is in another book called Allah al-Mahfuz. And that is the qadr that the angels see. and That is your update of what's going to happen to you this year. You can change that book, you can change. So it's written, this is what's going to happen to you this year. If it's good, you keep it. Firstly, we don't, it's not like we can see it. But it is, it's a meaning to show the human being, do not uh, be hesitant to try to, cha- to use your willpower that Allah gave you to alter things. Do not fall into this thing where everything is written. And that is an invalid claim anyway, in the sense that, yeah, everything is written, but you don't even know what's written. So what difference does it make? You, you live as if nothing's written. In your actions, you live as if it's not written. You can change it because you don't know what's written. So what is the point of anything? Only when a bad thing happens, then you say it's written. Okay. That's some of the meanings of that. Can I pray in a mosque that has a grave in it? Yes, as long as the grave has the uh, a barrier around it, even a small fence. So you don't pray on top of that. Ahmed Yusuf 303, Team Romania here. And he gives a salute. It was him and his wife. And I think he said his wife's sister couldn't make the trip. Right? But they watch the live stream all the time. When you're coming back to UK, well, f- maybe every other year, who knows? We should make a regular routine to the UK because we need brotherhood between the two. They should come here the other year. Huh? So every other year you go, every other year they come. Who should we invite? All of them. All the UKers. Yeah. They can stay here in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Recitation of the Qasidas in England. There are Mawlid men on on, on SoundCloud. Go to Mawlid men channel on SoundCloud. and, And a lot of the Qasidas that we do were put up there. Do you know the identity of Mullah Man? Yeah. You don't know? No, it's, it's been a big secret. You've seen him. You know him. I'll tell you who it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He's traveled the world in yep. recording Majalis. <laughs> like from iPhone 1 to like iPhone 11, I guess. <laughs> thoughts on Tariqa Naqsabandi Qadri? <laughs> yeah, thoughts on those is that what you want to do is you want to start practicing Sharia. You want to start practicing the Sunnah. You want to start doing Adhkar. And you sit around and you benefit from people. What opens your heart to somebody? If that person is upon the sharia, your heart is leaning towards that person to benefit from them, then you are then you can talk, think about following that person. Okay. Also, um, it's essentially, you know, most of the turq today, the best thing they will lead you to is ashab al-yameen, right? Like that you become an upright Muslim who enjoys dhikr and khidmah. Right, so I don't know who's out there in in where she's writing from. So, um. all right, this is Nisreen from Romania. This is the young lady, and she was like the younger cousin. Uh, like, um, she's in middle middle school basically, and it was I guess her sister and brother in law. So, oh, she couldn't make the trip, so I recorded something. Right, message there. Hamza Hussein, why the Kufi? I just misplaced my turban today. I couldn't find it. 
it'll it'll show up. I know it's somewhere, right? Where is it going to be? Okay. It's got to be somewhere. But sometimes, honestly, you get tired of covering your head. It's just like constraining your head. It gives you a headache sometimes. Okay. Oh, yeah, Medicaid don't have a thing like, uh, yeah. Hamza Sorcis is here on Instagram Live. Let's see what he has to say. Much love and salams. Likewise, much love back and salam back. We had a, a good time in um, in England, and I go and one of my travel partners, I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to say who, who it was that was traveling with me. We go there for the lunch with Hamza Sorcis and Muhammad Hijab. Right, and we get there, and everyone's shaking hands. And this brother comes. He said, "Muhammad Hijab, Salam Alaikum." And he says, "She shakes Hamza Shorts's hand." And says, "Salam Alaikum, uh, I'm Muhammad, and your name is?" Oh my gosh! He tells Hamza Shorts's, uh, uh, "My name is Muhammad. What's your name?" Right? Oh my gosh! Where are you living? <laughs> you want the address? <laughs> Believable. <laughs> Where are you living? To go to you go. I I I wonder. I was I was wondering if Muhammad some stories looks at me. He's like, who who what are these clowns? <laughs> <laughs> right. oh. Is traveling for women to learn more about Islam and increase knowledge of Deen permissible? The uh, ruling of the women traveling is that if it's going to be like a distance, there has to be a mahram. Unless there is a dire need, seeking, learning a lecture, attending a lecture may not be a dire need. Some of the Mauritanians have given a fatwa that the illa of traveling is safety. So if it's safe, they permitted it, right? But I have to tell you, that is a fatwa, not the ruling. The ruling is you need a mahram, okay? But the fatwa is if there is safety, that the illa of the ruling is that, for example, it's public. You're not be driving at one o'clock at night in the road, staying in a hotel all alone at one o'clock at night. Okay. Uh, that is the illa. All right. So uh, that is a fatwa. Fatwa is between you and, uh, and Allah to take that or not. But is a fatwa of some of the reliable scholars of today. And the ruling is something different. Okay. All right. Here it is. Look at it. Yasin Archuleta, he has given us the go ahead to talk to about this. Maulid 2023. He goes to Muhammad ibn Habib's Zawiyah. We recite his Qasidas all day long, every Friday. And they will be part of it. The direct chain of transmission of those munshids will be part of it. And it's an eight-day tour during Rabi al-Awwal to go from Maulid to Maulid to Maulid to Maulid to Maulid to Maulid in Morocco. Spiritual tour of Morocco. Attending the real events. Not some stage, fake no, real events with teacups and, you know, like oh. chaos. You know those, the, the real deal? Yes. The real deal mowlets? Yeah. Right? <laughs> teacups. <laughs> if the jinn's ability to hear from the heavens was cut off by the arrival of the prophet, does that mean there have been no accurate predictions of people who do black magic? No, they don't predict anymore because they're shot. They, they can't. That's why the, the fortune teller type of thing is out of business anymore. There's no more oracles. There are no more medicine men. There are no more um, of these of these peop- fortune tellers. It's gone. It's done with in humanity. Ever since, you know, that was uh, uh, that time. Okay. 
What uh, someone dreams about Mecca, precisely the Kaaba. The Kaaba sometimes means the imam of the time. Okay. Very clever way of getting my attention to read the thing okay, by repeating the same lever. Sometimes the Kaaba means the imam of the time or the imam of a certain area. And sometimes it just means going to Hajj or Umrah. It has many different meanings. But they say that masajid always means something good. There is no dream of a masjid that's bad. Okay. Watford, love and salam from Watford, England. Hoping to come again soon. All right, let's wrap it up with a couple more quick questions. Advice of practical, advice on seclusion. Uh, 20 to 40 minutes a day to recite Quran and Salah on the Prophet and make dua. That's it. That's it. 20, 20 minutes first part of the day. As soon as you wake up, 20 minutes to recite some Quran, recite some awrad, uh Make some dua. That's all you need. You don't need any more than that. If you're living a normal, regular life. Anything else would be an exception, okay? Fortune tellers, tarot cards on YouTube, right? Um, I did talk to a fortune teller one time. You know what I said? She said, hey, can I have your name, please? I said, you should know, right? <laughs> right? She, hung, she cursed me and hung up. <laughs> right? Am I right? You should know. If you know my, how could you know my fortune and not my name, Right? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. If you have a limited amount of time, say you have an extremely busy schedule, and you have a lot of books you want to read that are you know, definitive texts, is it better to do thicker or to read the or to read the, or should you alternate or something like Knowledge is always prefer, preferable to thicker. So you should read instead of reading thicker. Yeah, reading is better. Reading fiqh and aqidah and fiqh and, and lugha and Arabic is better. Um... What's your opinion on niqab? No, we don't wear niqab in the West. Uh, in terms of, in terms of, <laughs> prax, practical everyday life. When I look at the shiuch, the shafi'is, I'm not saying about niqab. I'm saying what do the scholars and their families do, right? The scholars, the shafi'i scholars, the Hanbali scholars, whose wives wore niqab in Egypt or wherever. Shafi's in Syria They come here They don't wear niqab Right So if you're Thinking about that Now do some wear niqab Yes But I'm telling you about What is acted upon By the scholars Who affirm niqab As part of their madhab We don't affirm it As part of our madhab In the first place Madhikiya We do if We would affirm We do have it in the books If it's a fitna If she would experience fitna Right And people would be Chasing after her Then she has to wear Cover her face Right But Absent of that, set aside that, the, the, I'm just telling you what do the Shafi'i and the Hanabila do? I don't see their wives wearing niqab. Okay. Here in Jersey, Hanabila, I've seen their families and their daughters and their wives, they're wearing niqab. And it's in their fiqh. So if they're not doing it, the way of a Western Muslim, in the world today, most, most countries, is to wear hijab, right? And Allah knows best. But that's, and it doesn't belittle niqab. If it was the opposite, it would be, if we were in Saudi or Yemen, we get to Tarim Hadramaut. We're not going to stand out either, right? Mm -hmm. Is, is the, their whole city wears niqab in certain parts of Yemen? I would say to my family, we're not going to stand out. The whole <laughs> city's wearing niqab, right? Same thing. Uh, we we don't always wear kufis. If we go to Pakistan to pray, me and my son are wearing kufis. 
the, the, the straw one, right? That you get from the, from the mosque, from the doorway of the mosque room. Now it's plastic, right? Because it's, there, it's not just about fiqh. It's about living with the society. If that's how everyone prays, right? And that's the norm for them and their madhab. Can you come to Atlanta, Chief Latif, talking talking about football and that team and that calamity that they had? Unbelievable. That the uh, Atlanta Falcons. How do you vent to someone but not backbite? Hmm. What is venting, essentially? It is, why don't you transform the venting into getting advice? Transform it into getting advice. Then maybe it's not backbiting. I need to get your advice on this situation. This is what they did. This is what they did. Blah, blah, blah. If you keep repeating a sin, does that mean the repentance isn't accepted? No. It just means that Allah wants you to do more and more and more tawbah and, and struggle. Okay? Until it's... See, this is another thing that many people don't realize. Yet another point that we really would fit in the counseling thing. Things need to marinate. It's extremely important. Uh, does one workout transform you? No. In Iman, a lot of people won't do anything unless they have been attacked. Okay? By shaitan. Then they make tawbah. So that's the tawbah is what Allah wants from you. Okay? Tawbah is what Allah wants from you. So it may not be one tawbah that gets you to the level that you need. Likewise, one workout doesn't get you. You need to marinate in the gym. Right? You need to marinate in the gym. On the treadmill, you need to get thin. You need to marinate on that treadmill. It needs to be hours, months, years before you break through. Likewise, in spiritual matters. And Allah knows sometimes if our life is good, we're not going to turn on to him. We're not going to turn to him. Only when things go bad, we will turn to him. Only when we're attacked, where we're most vulnerable, right? And sometimes that requires for us, Allah Ta'ala, to allow temptations to exist in the world. We fall into that temptation. We feel miserable about ourselves. We make tawbah. If we had not fallen into that, we wouldn't have made wudu went to the masjid. You only made wudu went to the masjid because you screwed up. So, but Allah wants repetitions of that action until you would do it without having fallen into the sin. So that's why you just have to have sabr and keep doing it. But the key, the only thing about uh, a uh, tawbah or a, I should say, a, a addiction, the only cardinal sin is giving up on the tawbah and believing that Allah Ta'ala um, cannot alter your state. He can, but he is... Uh, uh, he has a will and a wisdom for everything. He wants to check your. He wants to to build up your your willpower. Okay. All right. Let's see. What is this saying here? Um, okay. Uh, What else do we have here? How to stop rethinking a decision after you made one F following istikhara? 
continue the istikhara. Keep doing the istikhara until you become strong in it. What's your opinion on the liberals on Twitter? A lot of them having a meltdown because the mainstream of Muslim imams have now turned against the left. How could you not turn against the left if you're a human, right? <laughs> when these people are the force of extinction. Just do the math. If you want all the guys to, to sow their seed where a kid doesn't grow. And you want all the women to not receive a seed. And then you want to take the kids. You, you want to go further than that. Just in case people stop, quit wanting to be gay or lesbian. I'm sure this is totally like against their worldview because they, let's just say that they didn't stop there. They want now to take a kid before he even thinks about heterosexual activity, convince him he's a woman so we, take, we, 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 we remove his reproductive organs. Woman, before you even think to become pregnant or to have a heterosexual relationship, you're actually a boy. Let's take your sexual reproductions out. Is this nothing other than population control? Like, how else could you explain it? And now, why are you obsessed with this idea? The fact that you're going to different continents to get them to do this. And you're pushing this so hard, so calculated, so perfectly orchestrated, okay? And all of a sudden, this movement goes from zero to 60 in like three years. Is this anything other than population control? I'm totally convinced of it. Are there fewer awliya in our time due to widespread open sinning? The awliya and the ummah of the Prophet are always increasing. They're always increasing. However, in percentage, they're decreasing. By percentage, they're decreasing. Because the number of regular people are increasing in the whole in the world. So by percentage, they're increasing. But by the numbers, they're always increasing. Um, any thoughts on DH's comments? No, I didn't see any comments. What, is there something new? Oh, there's a chart. Is these talking about the chart? Hilarious, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, you, I got put on a yeah, chart, yeah. bro. You got to look warm side, right? The, <laughs> um, I'll right, tell you. Right right. I'll tell middle, you what yeah. it is right now. The, the hilarious, the... I saw the loop. <laughs> I got to say, it's so wacky. He, 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 this is the Trump playbook. It's so wacky, you have to pay attention to it. <laughs> that, that's what it is. Let me see if I have this, 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 this wacky chart. But it's a Microsoft Paint, bro. Like I can, like what, what's going on? Like, okay, so <laughs> we must oppose Komluts. No allyship, no rights support, opposition to rights, opposition to agenda. Does that sound like our uh, what we stand for or not? It sounds sounds like what we stand for, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sounds like the last three live streams. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like the last decade, right? <laughs> Yeah, every single life to the point that I'm trying to fast from it, but I can't. I'm, I, have, I need I need therapy. I need counseling to stop talking about. It. We call it acute later. Yeah, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> not we should not support their rights. We shouldn't necessarily oppose it either. Don't support it, but you don't have to oppose it. And maybe you can ally with them. Does that sound like me? Right? No. Okay, that's where he put me at. Okay, that's where he put me at. Which is, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a way to um, get somebody to repeat, you know, what position they're on is to misquote them. It's like a psychological tactic, mm. right? That's what it is, essentially. So to get you to, to say something. Like, say when, uh, if a wife says to her husband, you don't love me, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? 
it's a tactic to get him to say that he loves her, right? <laughs> so you know that. So instead of saying, what? How could you say that? That's the first year husband does that. How could you say that? <laughs> no. By 10 years, he's like, he knows where this is going. This is just to elicit back, okay? The, this, because you haven't said it in a long time or you haven't said it well enough or good enough. Here, he is essentially, he does those things to people, right? Uh, and puts them intentionally one click left of where they should be or where they actually are just to get them to say it again. Which I'm fine with that. I'll say it. I've been saying it for 10 years now, right? But one thing that he, he um, I think he either genuinely or intentionally mistakes is that when people say, that we recognize what the Constitution says. It doesn't mean I believe in it, right? It's just recognizing what the status quo is right now. That doesn't mean I believe in it. That doesn't mean I support it. But I recognize that's the reality of things. So if that's what you're talking about, then um, I, I love the end of this. Full-blown Komlut support. That's like the final left, right? And he has a bunch of politicians on there. Okay, so anyway, a day in the life of of Twitter, but I didn't see if there's any. Is, did he? Did the commenter say there's anything else that I missed? Something new? Because I don't follow his page until somebody sends something. Okay, but he is though very good at getting your attention, right? And just poking you because it's so outrageous, <laughs> right? That you have to respond to it. Okay. Um Maryam is going to be the last question we take because we got to go. Got to go. Got other things to do, unfortunately. Or fortunately or unfortunately, but we do have to go. All right. Is there a chance, if there is a chance, that family member will squander the whole inheritance into the haram and will not divide it Islamically? Can you do it through the court in Islamic country? Um, so you're saying that it, you're saying that the the person is alive and he's let's say old and he's not planning to distribute his wealth according to the Sharia. Then you want to preempt that. Yes, I suppose you, there's nothing wrong with that. You preempt it by saying. To, to but what would you take him to court for that? How would that work exactly? How would you preempt it? Would you take it to the court? Is that a case? So are you suing him? Like what's the structure of how you're doing it? Like what is the structure? Are you suing? You can't sue someone for something they didn't do yet, right? I thought, I thought they were talking about like the what do you call it? The intestate or like the so inheritance? One of, yeah, one of the inheritors they get like whatever they're going to do with their inheritances, like. Like, I don't see where, how is the structure? But in general, yes, you can try to preempt and say, hey, grandpa, you got to do this halal, okay? In the halal, by the sharia. But what is the structure by which you would do that, officially? No, I think legally. they're trying to say, like, can you prevent one of, the, one of the people from getting their inheritance if they're going to use it improperly? Like, if they're going to use it for the harm, like, no. once they get it. Oh, a valid inheritance. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So... Uh, of inheritance is distributed validly now one brother says as soon as i get this i'm gonna buy a nightclub yeah, yeah. that's what i thought they were saying can you stop that no you cannot you can't 
like the court will not uphold that. I don't even think a qadi would uphold that, right? A qadi will. I don't. I don't see how, right? To be honest with you, I don't see how. To be honest with you, you know ESPN. So, like, if you're on the treadmill or something, and there's it's nine in the morning or eight in the morning or six in the morning, there's no games on, right? But there are weirdos out there talking about the game. <laughs> That's next best thing, right? <laughs> and so you watch, finish the highlights. There's nothing else. Let's hear what Stephen A. Smith has to say. Let's hear what what kind of debate is going on. It's just to fill the time while you're on the treadmill, right? That's what Twitter has become for Islam. <laughs> right? <laughs> People don't care about the dust anymore. They don't care about it. They want to hear the reactions, right? Hey, it's Stephen A. Smith goes and yelling at the top of his, I can't believe they blew the game, right? Or Cowboys, right? And he's so happy. He's giving it to the Cowboys, right? Fans and all that. And some rational people are like, wow, why does he care so much about the sport, right? Why does he care? But it's like, because it's entertainment. That's Other people are just shooting the breeze. That's why they want to shoot the breeze, right? With that guy. I want to shoot the breeze, not with the good analysis. With the wacky reaction, right? That's what's fun about it, right? That's what's interesting about it. And he's only getting like three minutes of my time, right? You're not watching the whole thing. You're just watching the quick cookie part, right? And he provides you with one or two cookies, like two... To, you know one or two crazy reactions per event that's all that matters right and that's why he can up and up and up because he realized that's what works that's what works so there are now ispn islamic speakers um <laughs> programming network that's what twitter is to me <laughs> ispn so yes al-qadi says something i don't even care what he said let's look at the reactions that's the mentality of people he he gave a talk about uh Kamaluts or per, siding with the left no one listens to it. We just listen to the reaction, the wild retweets, quote tweets, right? That's what the world that we live in is all about now. How many times you go to an article, read the first paragraph, straight to the comment section, <laughs> just to see the brawl, right? <laughs> and that's what, isn't that what Twitter has become? Justice for the brawl of it, right? For the brawl. And uh, a liberal professor, Zarina Grewal, throws her weight in, Right, wades into it. Okay, he responds. The brawl of it, and that's how denigrated, like degenerated. Okay, all of our discourse has become, because it stuff appeals to your base nefs. In the old days, in the old days before Twitter, before all this stuff, there were very few brawls in the society. You may see one brawl in your life, which may be like a, a masjid fight or a family fight. I saw one brawl in your life, two brawls in your life. Now, people, the nefs loves brawls. And now, it's just like every day. You can't have enough of it, okay? And the people who go into that world, uh, just as a piece of advice, you know, you, you, you don't really want to get so much into that as a Muslim, especially with other Muslims, right? If you really want to brawl, why don't you brawl with a real enemy? Why don't you brawl with the Zionists? Why don't you brawl with the progressives? Don't brawl with other Muslims. And that we we're embark. Let me close with this: We're embarking upon an amazing period of time, where Islam is entering the hearts 
of Americans every single day and British people. I don't care what they say about people leaving Islam, people fighting Islam. That's irrelevant because the positive is far greater, right? And it's quieter. It's happening very quietly. And you're going to see a whole different world when we're in 30 years. It's going to be totally different, right? And it's going to be something we're going to be happy to see. So being that Allah is doing this and we're allowed to be part of it, I want to go in with a condition. I want to go in not having feuds with another Muslim. And that requires a lot of hold your breath and swallow your ego. There is a guy from Traversing Tradition, I don't know what his name is, Wissam something or something like that. Wasim said terrible things about me. Okay, khas. I'm not going to answer back. I just sort of did answer back, right? <laughs> but like the hadith of Abu Dhamdam, khas, swallow your pride, right? I sent a voice message. Listen, we could talk like through somebody. So we could, listen, we could talk. And uh, a lot of people say terrible things, right? But the hadith of Abu Dhamdam is best. Just don't get in brawling with other Muslims. The Atharis got upset because I said all the great armies were Ash'aris, right? All right. They got upset because I did have a little condescension towards the Atharis when I said it, right? And uh, that's like a lingering thing. So I admit it. Okay, I admitted it. And then me, we, Shibli's a man. Uh, like, I never met him, but I know he's online. He's always saying, uh, you know, good things. But we did have some nice tweets back and forth, and it's buried now. It's settled. We're at peace. And he, were, he already was at peace. Like, we were, he was already friendly. He just said, this, this is ridiculous, what you just said. Fine, you can think that's ridiculous, right? But the, the key is, what the Prophet would love is when it comes with your, with your family and your ummah and your communities, try as much as possible. We put our ego down and not brawl with other Muslims. Okay? And brawl with the real enemy. جاهد الكفار والمنافقين مغلود عليهم but بالمؤمنين رؤوف الرحيم so I want to go to Allah Ta'ala with that having not brawled also if we claim to we represent certain shiuch we don't represent them by the way but in the eyes of people we do unless Habib Omar says you represent me then you don't represent him but people do associate eventually they come around to learn and they associate this platform with Habib Omar right? whether I like it or not I don't want to do injustice to him I don't want to do an injustice to that. Now, you could like, like or dislike other things stylistically. That's, that's just opinion. But content-wise, something associated with him is not brawling with other Muslims because that's one of their principles. They don't back by scholars. They don't talk scholars. They don't compete, right? And they just support. As long as it's within the broad frame of Ahl Sunnah. And that's exactly where we want to be. So the Hadith of Abu Damdam. Let's just close with the reading of Hadith of Abu Damdam, and then, because many people, I, I keep saying it, but many people don't know what it is. Uh, and then we will read Dua An-Nur, and then we'll close up. But let's take a look at Hadith of Abu Damdam. What does this mean? Okay. Bismillah. I would like to know if the Hadith of Abu Damdam is sound. This is a question answer on a website. He says, who of you can be like Abu Damdam? The Sahaba said, Who is Abu Damdam? Abu Damdam recites the following dua every morning Allahumma inni qad wahabtu nafsi wa lak. Oh Allah, he says, I have given myself 
and my good name, my reputation, what people say about it, I have given it unto Allah. He would not retaliate or swear at those who swore at him, oppressed him, or abused him. Okay. Allahumma inni qad wahabtu nafsi wa ardilak. Oh Allah, I have offered my life and my honor unto you. That means I will not, I will not fight those other Muslims who attack me, who said bad things about me. And I will leave it to Allah. If you're leaving it to Allah, then don't do anything. Right? Not like what I just did. Say I'm leaving it to Allah, but also sneak in a little jab. Right? <laughs> That's because we're not there yet. You're not there. You have to, it takes time to get there to the point that, you know, you're actually leaving it, truly leaving it. Not saying that so-and-so uh, has bothered me and attacked me and then saying, I leave it to Allah. You didn't leave it to Allah. You just said it in front of all the live stream. So truly leaving it to Allah is the hard part. And that's where we need to get to. And that's where your heart will truly be at peace because it's truly disliked by Allah and his messenger. We can flip the screen now. Um, the fighting between Muslims. It's not liked. It's disliked. Let's close off with Dua and Nur here. And we will do a long, longer question answer tomorrow because we didn't get time to a lot of the Q&A here. A lot of good questions here that I didn't get a chance to, to do. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma ja'alli nuran fi qalbi wa nuran fi qabri wa nuran fi sam'i wa nuran fi basari wa nuran fi sha'ri wa nuran fi bashari wa nuran fi lahmi wa nuran fi dami wa nuran fi ilami ونورا في عصبي ونورا من بين يدي ونورا من خلفي ونورا عن يميني ونورا عن شمالي ونورا من فوقي ونورا من تحتي اللهم زدني نورا وأعطني نورا واجعل لي نورا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين I'm